At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Would you be surprised if I tell you that over 89% of businesses considering right now as resilience as one of the most important strategic organizational priorities? Would you be surprised that over 75% are centralizing crisis management approaches within their organizations? Hi, it's Isabella Lumbrick here, the World Messenger, and I'm inviting you for another epic episode of Legacy Leader Show. Based on very high demand right now to address crisis and resilience, I wanted to quickly walk you through some of the key elements that can help you and position you for success in 2024. Right now, we're seeing plethora of changes, right? And they're impacting us in so many ways, either as individual contributor, as a team member, leader, or overall throughout our organizations. Regardless what role we play, personally or professionally, we're seeing so much of crisis happening around us. And questioning is, how do we adapt to that? And how, as organization, we're getting much more stronger, more resilient in order to endure the sheer change and transformation that is occurring without our control and the ones also that we are imposing on our talent and teams. You see, what I'm finding, not only from my expertise in global business management, but also from crisis, global crisis management, we're seeing so many elements that I think were very important to be highlighted here. And so one of them, I really want to point out how important it is to just fundam this fact that over $36 billion from today till end of 2032 will be added to global risk management market in order to manage much better and much more effectively improving and also um, investing in strategies that can support to better navigate risk management. That is huge alarming statistic. What is also really interesting is that we're dealing with a lot of environmental and geopolitical risks things that we don't have control over it. We just simply have to witness and be in just in shock and awe what is going on. Like recently, we've just seen the floods that are took a place in San Diego or horrible freezing um, temperatures and um, environmental issues that just happened in Chicago. When we look at just from an environmental standpoint, that is just what happened in two major cities. But what is going on around the world from global perspective, in addition to these geopolitical risks, we're seeing so much need that go beyond cybersecurity technology risk assessments, as well as positioning for that. We're seeing also heavily increase around cyber attacks. Matter of fact, over 40% increase that is affecting and that is creating additional 80% of risk enhancement um, needs uh, for every organization, specifically larger global multinational organizations, such as Fortune 500. So even if though you might be belonging to smaller organization, 
it's very important to really look at how these trends and how these implications are impacting you and your teams. How is your organization setting itself up for success in changes that are happening around uh, economics and also internal internally as a result of it, right? How proactive we are and are we building two key elements that are crucial and they're same side of uh, just two different sides, same coin, two different sides of that coin, crisis management on one side and resilience building on the other. So when we combine those two things together, I think we get a secret sauce and very important element to be more secure and understanding that we are positioned in the best possible way. Question again, that keeps coming up, how do we do it? And what do it takes to make that happen? Which is really important. And one of the most fundamental elements, in my opinion, is to really understand how well are we adapting to constant disruption? How well we're adapting to constant change? And how that is affecting us and to understand better, obviously, um, what else is going on around us? Are we operating in our little bubbles or are we really looking at things, what's going on not only in our own city, in our own community, our own state, our own country, but also rest of the world, right? And it's also very important to look at additional components, which I find very eye-opening, which is siloing of information. So many departments within organization, regardless how small or big, are still operating fundamentally in silos. And that siloed culture is not only keeping crucial information at bay, where we cannot really best and most effectively understand how big crisis might be or implications of the crisis, let alone what plans, what things we need to do to implement in order to protect and act and as a result, have a better, a much more positive outcome. So I find this to be eye-opening for so many organizations, and I hope you find tremendous value in what I'm sharing, specifically if we just diminish the silo of information that will help tremendously to minimize the risk that are already very high. What that takes is really then to look at how do we build the other side of that coin of that crisis management, which is, as I mentioned, resiliency, building that resiliency. And we're talking about building resiliency from within, right? For our individual contribution, either in the leadership role, as a, as a team member, and overall in organization itself. And that cannot obviously happen unless we're having opportunity to discuss and talk about things that are helping us to have a better, more centralized leadership, but also better, more centralized approach to crisis management. In addition to that, it's so important to really look at what lessons did we learn during the time of COVID, for example, what happened during the pandemic what happened, how we were being affected and impacted our own as an individually, our families, our friends, our community, as well our team, our organization, and then rest of the nation or, or countries around the world. If we look at just from that lens, we have so much, obviously, indicators that can help us out and position us for success. But as I mentioned, what happens often, we do not due to the silo culture and fragmentation, we 
tend to hold information. We tend to feel that we are in charge and we can do it all by ourselves and we know it. But if we are not sharing with others, um, not only our wins and successes, but our pain points to a preventative and proactive uh, ways by preparing better, we're going to obviously fail. And sometimes the failure can be absolutely devastating. So it's very important to look at how do we show up? How do we communicate? How do we help to drive it proper data, transparency, clarity, accuracy, understanding, and effective approaches to really drive the right decision-making? And as a result, influence decision makers in a ways that they can really evaluate and bring right actions based on making right decisions. Also, what really I found that it's hard for a lot of people is to be adaptable, flexible, willing to adjust, willing to learn and support one another, and also learning ways how to improve, how to improve not only communication, but how to improve what we don't know. I've been actually observing and analyzing some of the first responders and also environments where we see things that are constantly dealing with a crisis. I'm seeing tremendous fatigue. I'm seeing tremendous uh, adversity right now that we're like, can't take it anymore, Isabella. We're trying just to keep it a status quo. And reality is we have to then find the ways how to build resilience without negatively adversely affecting well-being of our team members. But also understanding deeper core issues because everybody have their own threshold, not only emotionally that they can process an emotional container, emotional capacity, in addition, obviously, to emotional intelligence, how to position and de-navigate that, but also socially, social capacity and everything that is going on. So it's very important to look at things from those perspectives as well. Because times of crisis call us for a major, major adjustments in behavior as well as different level of leading, right? So number one, I would really share something that I found extremely uh, helpful um, and wanted to share with you where I think you can have opportunity to start tapping into that organizational strength and resilience and leverage comprehensive these approaches in your day-to-day operative mode and and how do you focus on risk assessment how do you focus on the risk management how are you leveraging multiple factors not only about change technology environmental stuff but as i mentioned that amazing data and also assessments that can really lead to that how do you also develop resilience strategy Believe it or not, yes, that exists. As a strategist that has been crafting so many business strategies, uh, recently I found myself also doing resilience strategy, and that is one of the biggest objectives that I find that can enhance um, organizational resilience and help and tie that very effectively with mission and vision and overall objectives of organization um, that is mandating um, day-to-day, right? And then also, how do we implement effective communication? 
That is understatement when we say we communicate well. Just because we talk, that doesn't mean that is well received on the other side. It doesn't mean that is understood. It doesn't mean that is also perceived based on trust and also very well accurate information. So when leaders are informed, when they also inform others, and when they share honest, transparent contact, context and content, um, then we have a much more better ways not only to connect, continue to preserve that trust, but also to build and create together, you probably thinking and guessing, culture of resilience. Because right now, we are seeing so many cultures being disrupted due to the plethora of change and transformation that actually their culture, it's not even remotely resembling even what they used to have, let alone factors, elements that are crucial for culture of resilience, which I would uh, cannot even stress enough how important it is to have the high adaptability, as I mentioned earlier, opportunity for continuous learning and cross-learning, cross-training, and you name it, anything uh, related to that, as well as proactive problem solving and really assessing the problem accurately. What's really going on? Is it really true? Is it really uh, in this right now the highest priority? And then obviously intervention and solutioning that comes as a result of that. Are we equipped with skills that we need to respond to these challenges effectively? Is a team able to capable to do that? And where the gaps are? And are we willing to bring external help and assistance to support us to do that? Are we willing to try something different and new? Are we willing to integrate different approaches and methodologies to really help us? to be there? And how do we score ourselves? What is the scorecard showing? Where do we fit? And how well we are doing overall as organization based on every single individual contributor? That is why it's so important to really look at where do we invest times and efforts? Where is investment happening in that infrastructure? Is there so much focus on technology and tools as well as equipment, you name it, versus, again, the most unappreciated but most important human capital, right? So lastly, I wanted just to say that we have to go beyond developing and testing crisis management plans. Those were crucial before and they are more than ever important right now. But what we need to do is go even one level above that, and which I see very few organizations doing. And I can't distress how important that is to really create and encourage cohesive, collaborative approaches and partnerships. The fact that we only come when a huge disaster catastrophe is happening together to step in and support. We need to find ways to do that before that occurs so that not only we can anticipate what is coming, prevent sometimes what, it, what we can, but also execute on that better 
so that we can monitor and review and know what's working, what it's not, and what needs to change. I'm seeing so many plans focusing heavily on financial implications and of heavily planning related to that. And why I'm sharing this, I want you to pause and look and think. And even if you're not necessarily directly responsible for it, know that it is everyone's responsibility in organization to be able to support in times of need. And also it's very important to know how do you fit? How do you fit in your role? How your team fits? And how do you fit overall with your department, within your organization? And how do you can actively and proactively make a difference? So I encourage again, everyone watching and listening, how does crisis management on one side of the coin, as well as resilience building, are the fundamental for the future of longevity and sustainability organizations to really, really focus on encouraging collaborations, strategic partnerships, and opportunities to really provide additional res resources, perspectives, diverse points of view, and overall support. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.